You're listening to the Weekly Sermon Podcast from Liberty Family Church. For more information about our church, head to the website, libertyfamilychurch.net.au. One of the most important spiritual truths that we could grasp is that we are righteous. According to God, we are completely righteous. And we're righteous for no other reason other than we have placed our faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus is why we're righteous, period. But, and maybe you can relate to this, so often we forget this beautiful, freeing truth. For many of us, we know in one sense that we are righteous and yet it often doesn't marry up with our feelings. More often than not, we feel really unrighteous. We live in a broken world and like all of us, like all of humankind, we are tempted to compromise. We are tempted to take hold of the temptations and prioritise the temptations of this world. We often sin. We are Christian, but doesn't mean we don't sin. Of course, we sin. And when we sin, we often sit with the weight of the sin in our lives and reflect on the impact that it has on people that we love. And, and we don't feel super righteous. At least I don't. That's for sure. More often than not, more often than not, if we're really honest, we feel more often unrighteous than righteous. And if we're not careful, this feeling can lead us to live a faith and Christianity or a faith plus Christianity. A Christianity where we accept in part, maybe it is mentally we accept it, like we give mental assent to it. We go, oh yes, that's true, that we're justified by faith in Jesus alone. But we add to our faith by working hard to do good things, to hopefully please God and make up for our sin. Does this kind of faith experience ring true for any of you? It's so easy for us to fall into a faith plus Christianity. God's really laid this on my heart and he's really sort of compelled me to, to share this word today. And I feel really compelled to remind us today that this kind of living, the faith plus Christianity, is a dangerous, dangerous trap. Existing in a place like this, it steals our joy. It robs us of the freeing blessings that are available and have been made available for us only through the atoning work of Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross. Hear this today. We are not righteous for anything that we have done or could do. We are only righteous because of what Jesus Christ did do. I like what John Calvin, one of the great reformers, says. He says this, We shall never be clothed with the righteousness of Christ except when we first know assuredly that we have no righteousness of our own. God wants to assure us of our righteousness today, a righteousness that is not our own. It doesn't come from us. And he wants us to know this not just mentally, but deeply in the deepest parts of our spirits, of our hearts, of our beings. 
And he wants this knowledge to really free us to embrace to a greater degree, even at a deeper level, the freeing, abundant, grace-filled life that Jesus Christ has made possible for each and every person who would trust in him. So that's what we're going to explore today. So why don't we just take a moment to pray together and devote this time to Jesus. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that it is because of you and you alone that we are justified. It is because of you and you alone that we are righteous. And so, Lord, today, as we look afresh at this, God, no matter whether we've been a Christian forever or whether we're a seeker listening to this word right now, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would impress on our hearts just how important this truth is. And, Lord, we pray that hearing this word this morning would transform the way we live our lives and that we would open ourselves up to the freedom, the fullness of freedom, in Christ Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the clearest passages that we can look at in all of Scripture when it comes to this topic of righteousness is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is one of the most important passages in all of Scripture for understanding the meaning of the atonement and justification. Atonement is a a pretty fancy word that refers to how God has made it possible for us to be reconciled with the Father through Jesus' sacrifice for sin. And justification refers to how God sees us, how he has declared us to be righteous in his sight. So a couple of big phrases, but stick with me this morning. This is really good. This will, if you allow it to, really encourage you and transform your relationship with God. So let's work through it together this morning. In the first part of verse 21, we read that he, God, made him, his son, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin. What does this mean? Well, God the Father made Jesus to be regarded and treated as sin, even though Jesus himself was perfect. Jesus was completely righteous. He was sinless. There wasn't an ounce of sin in him. Why? Why did he do this? The very start of verse 21 makes it clear. For our sake. For our sake. It was for our sake that before the very foundations of the world, our holy, righteous, Trinitarian God decided this course of action, this plan to redeem mankind. It was for our sake that God the Father made Jesus to be regarded and treated as sin. And here's the thing. This had to happen so that our sin. Your sin, my sin, might actually be dealt with. That the sins of anyone who trusts in Jesus Christ would be covered, would be carried upon Jesus' shoulders on Calvary's cross. 
and forgiven by his father. And because of this incredible exchange, what an incredible exchange, God viewed our sins as being Jesus' sins and not our own. Jesus became our substitute. As 1 Peter 2 and verse 24 says, He himself, this is Jesus, bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Jesus took our sins in his body when he was nailed to the cross and he bore the full wrath of God against sin. God hates sin. He hates what it does to people. He hates how it separates his creation from him. And when it was all poured upon Jesus, God's righteous wrath came upon him, the wrath that you and I deserved. Jesus became our substitute for our sake. He took our place and he received what should have been our punishment. And if you've read Romans before, you might remember that Romans talks a lot about these kind of things. And in Romans chapter 3, verses 23 to 25, it really explains this process so well. Jesus' one-time act on the cross that theologians refer to as, funnily enough, Jesus being our substitute, theologians call it substitutionary atonement. Verse 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. Wow. Jesus took the punishment, the wrath of God that you and I deserved. He took our place. He took it upon himself for our sake and he won. He bought at the greatest price our forgiveness for our sins. How incredible is that? Just let that sink into your heart. Let it it go beyond your ears, beyond your mind, deep down into your heart and your soul. And maybe for you, you might just want to take a moment right now just to pause and offer up a popcorn prayer of thanks, a cry of gratitude to Jesus for what he has done for you. You know, the good news doesn't stop there. Jesus became sin for anyone who would believe in him so that we would become the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. In him, Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. What does that mean? This is really incredible. This is so good. It just, 
I get excited every time I, I reflect on it and oh, just so excited to share with you this morning. Just as God passed on our sin and our guilt onto his son as his son hung on the cross, when we are in Christ, in other words, when we have placed our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ and the finished work he's done on the cross, God passes on Jesus' righteousness to us. Theologians refer to this as imputed righteousness. Through faith in Jesus, we receive Jesus' own righteousness. And because we have Jesus' righteousness through faith, God sees us as having the exact same righteousness and legal status of Christ. Isn't that incredible? Like, anytime I even stop to think about this, it just really floors me. It, it blows me away time and time again because of Jesus' atoning sacrifice on the cross and paying the price of our sins, dying in our place. We are viewed by God as being completely righteous, as righteous as his own son. Wow. I think this is a perfect opportunity just to take a moment again, wherever you are, just to offer up a a shout of praise, a hallelujah, or a little prayer, just to thank God for his goodness towards us in Christ Jesus. Laura and I watched American Gospel just the other week. And, well, okay, truth be told, I watched the whole of American Gospel and Laura saw bits and pieces in between her nana naps on the couch as we were watching it. She assures me, though, that she liked what she saw, so there you go. Good recommendation from Laura. Anyway, American Gospel is a fantastic, it's, it's really well put together documentary that explores and exposes the false gospel, the false prosperity, word of faith gospel, and it so beautifully explains the true gospel of Jesus Christ. It's worth checking out on Netflix, on Apple TV, Google Play, wherever it is you stream your favourite movies and show. Well worth watching. And one thing that really struck me as I watched this documentary was a part where they detailed in a lot of detail the Roman Catholic plan of salvation. As I watched this part of the documentary, God really just brought to my mind and and gave me a sense of actually feeling the weight of this as I was listening. And God really brought to my attention how we as human beings seem so often to want to complicate our salvation. We want to make it more complex than God ever wanted it to be. We're so good at adding requirements to being righteous as well as faith in Christ. Think about this. If you look in the Old Testament, leaders in the Old Testament church, they were pretty good at it. They were good at adding additional requirements, additional laws to keep, as well as the regular laws in, um, that God had revealed to them. And the people were burdened down with all these additional things that they would try to do to somehow please God and, and I'm sure for many of them, earn God's approval. Salvation, law plus extra law equals salvation or righteousness, pleasing God. We read in the New Testament how early Jewish followers of Jesus, so followers who had sort of come out of this culture, 
and had encountered Jesus Christ through his ministry, how they actually wanted to circumcise new Gentile believers. So they had like this faith and circumcision kind of salvation and way that they thought they should uh, operate to please God. And as I saw in this American gospel documentary, we are so good at adding works to faith in Jesus Christ as a means through which we kind of figure that we will be accepted by God and ultimately saved. Faith plus works equals salvation. Now, as we've, as we've reflected on this morning already, salvation is through faith in Jesus Christ alone. Hence the title of this particular documentary. It's not faith plus anything. We are righteous, we are forgiven, we are made right with God through faith in Christ and Christ alone. As Ephesians 2, 8 to 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. So why then does the Bible talk about works and faith often together? Why does it talk about faith being accompanied by works? The book of James, if you're familiar with that, it actually says that faith without works is dead, dead faith. So works must be important. So what's this kind of true relationship between faith and works then? I asked you earlier to pause a couple of times to just reflect and praise God, offer up a prayer of thanks. Once, the first time, was after I shared about how Jesus took the wrath, the punishment for the sin that we deserved upon himself for our sake. And the second was when I explained that the very moment that we place our faith in Jesus Christ, God passes Jesus' righteousness onto us and we are forgiven and we are righteous in his sight, just like his son. I'm wondering, friends, what happened in your spirit as you paused to reflect in both of those moments? What's happening in your spirit right now as you reflect on those profound truths again? I'm pretty sure if you're like me, anytime I think about those things, I just can't help but marvel and just praise God for the goodness and the, the incredible mercy that he has shown us in Jesus Christ. You know, even right now, maybe you're feeling like as a result of hearing this message, you're kind of spurred on to continue to like live a life of service to God, a, a life of praise, a life where you are sold out for sharing Jesus and loving Jesus and loving people with his love. I'm sure for many of us, that's something that we're feeling to a greater degree, even this morning. You see, friends, this is the relationship between faith and works for believers. Our works do not add to our faith. Rather, they come about because of our faith. Martin Luther, another great reformer, he explains this really well. Here's what he says. Our works do not generate righteousness. Rather, our righteousness in Christ generates works. When we really know, when we really know deep down within our spirit that we are righteous 
but by the grace of God, only through Jesus, through Christ alone, we will naturally be, feel compelled and want to do good works. When we have that deep knowing and deep gratitude for what Jesus has done for us, we will long to worship God. We will want to live sacrificial lives of service for his glory and for the good of all mankind. And these works that we feel compelled to do, that we're led by Holy Spirit to do out of worship, out of a heart response, in a sense, actually prove that we are disciples of Jesus, people who have truly been transformed by the grace of Jesus Christ. I said in introducing this message this morning that this is a profound spiritual truth that many of us know, but not many of us actually know. I said in introducing this message this morning that this is a truth that many of us know, but don't actually know. Many of us know this to be true mentally, but I would suggest that many of us, myself included at many, many times over my life's journey in different seasons, many of us don't really know this to be true deep down within our spirits. Let me ask you again this morning, friends. Do you know that you are righteous in God's eyes? Do you know that there is nothing more than you could do to make God love you any more? And there is nothing that you could do that would make God love you any less? Do you know that you are as righteous as Jesus in God's eyes simply because you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ alone? If you're listening to this today and you haven't yet put your faith in Jesus Christ, can I encourage you to reach out to Jesus today? Jesus wants to restore your relationship with God. He wants to welcome you into relationship with him. And he wants to, well, God the Father will actually clothe you in Jesus' righteousness and free you to live an abundant life in relationship with God. If that's you today, make today the day that you encounter and get to know Jesus personally. And if you're a Christian and you're listening to this and you, for whatever reason, there's no judgment, it doesn't matter. We all struggle with different things from time to time. If you're a Christian and you're listening to this and you really struggle to accept, to know and like truly know deep down within your spirit that you are righteous, that you are righteous, through Christ alone. I want to pray with you right now. I want to join you in praying that God would give you a fresh revelation of this truth, a personal revelation of this truth and a very special touch from Holy Spirit so that you would really know and that you would be completely set free to experience and live the abundant life that he has designed for you to live in the freedom of being a righteous son or a righteous daughter. Let's pray together now. Oh, Jesus, we are in awe of you. We cannot fathom, we cannot really even believe how good you are, God, towards us. We just want to praise you for Jesus. We thank you, God, for Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, that when we place our faith 
in Jesus. It's not Jesus and our works. It's not Jesus and whether we can give financially. It's not Jesus and anything. It is simply Jesus alone, Christ alone. And we thank you, God, that through Christ alone, we have been forgiven. We thank you, God, that through Christ alone, we have been declared righteous. And we just want to give you thanks and glory and praise for that truth. Lord, help this truth, these truths to sit deep within the hearts, the souls, the spirits of each and every one of us, Lord, so that we might truly be free, free of the burden of trying to impress you, free of the burden of getting caught up in a works-based kind of Christianity. Show us, Jesus, that all it takes, all you desire, is that we would simply receive Christ and Christ alone. So God, we pray that this truth would sink into our hearts and Lord, that we, as we, as we sit with these truths, that we would feel even more compelled and even more we would be full of joy to join with you in your mission of reaching all nations with the good news, even locally, Lord, in the weeks and months ahead and wherever you call us, wherever you send us in the years and decades ahead, God, give us a passion for your gospel as we understand that we are righteous daughters and we are righteous sons because of faith in Christ alone. We pray this, Jesus, with hearts that are full of gratitude and adoration. And we pray it in your name. Amen.